0: Welcome to the No Direction Podcast, where we say whatever we want and invite guests who do the same. We're here to prove that conversations can be raw, real, and sometimes downright hilarious, even when we don't see eye to eye. So buckle up, grab a drink, and let's dive into the unfiltered world of opinions and insights. It's going to be a bumpy, profanity-laden ride. Put together as far as my notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's nice that you put together notes. It's, uh, It's funny because the the women that I have on the podcast mm-hmm. come prepared. Oh yeah. And the men are like, I'm just gonna shoot from the hip <laughs> and we'll see where this goes. So in my last interview, um, I have my laptop up and we were looking at some things and he's like, Hey, can you um, just go into your laptop and look up the thing? And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so I go on and we're looking it up and which is totally fine. But it's um, the women, yeah, I had I had somebody on which this, that episode will air before this one, um, but we were talking about things in our childhood that we thought would be a bigger deal as an adult. Oh, yeah. So like catching on fire and <laughs> permanent records and, you know, quicksand, those yeah. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And she came with a list of things that she wanted to talk about, oh, and I did as well. Right. Um, but then we had somebody else on, and we were going to talk about I can't even remember what we're talking about. My brain is fried, but we're talking about something completely different that you should probably be somewhat prepared for. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I just, I know the things I'm just going to, we're just going to wing it. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Let's just, I mean, that's what this podcast is. It's no direction. There's zero direction. There's always a spark of an idea of Mm -hmm. a subject that we'll talk about. Um, and then we just kind of go from there. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you and I had a meeting a while ago, and we, and I thought it might be cool because you and your husband uh, do a lot of political campaigning and marketing for politicians. Yep. And I thought, how cool is it that you can take that information that you're learning and correlate it directly into business marketing? Um, and by the way, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I am Mackenzie Pulliam.
1: Um, I am a mom, a digital marketer, um, a recovering um, politician's spouse, um, and really just someone who, you know, really fell in love with marketing um, in college and learning about, you know, advertising and different things and kind of like ended up in the world of politics and realized that politics and marketing are kind of the same thing mm-hmm. um, and really have just kind of been in both worlds the last, gosh, 20-plus years since I
0: graduated from college, which really dates myself. But yeah. And when you say a recovering politician's wife, <laughs> what does that mean? Because <laughs> your husband's still the mayor. He still he still <laughs> is. Um, but it's funny, you know, running for mayor
1: seemed like such this big thing when he did it back in 2018 and first became mayor. And then he ran for governor. And that kind of just makes the whole mayoral thing feel... Like child's play, like so much easier now that we've done this really Mm -hmm. big statewide thing. It's like, oh, being mayor again, okay, we we know how to do that. We've got the dialed in. And so it's, he is still a politician, but it's just a very different world than running for like a big statewide office.
0: Sure. So you guys, you guys are just used to his role within your city and yeah. that role you know, is the mayor. And so you as a family, because you guys have a couple of kids, mm-hmm. so you guys as a family are just kind of in that routine. And then when he ran – for a higher level of office. It was it's a different mindset. Oh, it's a totally different mindset. And, and he'd be traveling more. Oh and- yeah. And you know, we traveled
1: with him and juggling all of our schedules and his travel schedule and when do we go with him and when you know, we have kids stuff and so it was definitely a whole different beast. Um, you know, I don't think we cooked for like a year and a half in our house because we were so busy. It was like we're always, you know, grabbing takeout or whatever. Wow. Um it was it was pretty crazy and it was such a great experience looking back on it like mm-hmm. i'm so glad that our kids got to to experience that and they know way more about politics than kids are it's probably should <laughs> um but it was it was a really cool experience for our family we went places in oregon we never would have gone otherwise tiny right. little towns um we know all the good places to eat thank goodness see <laughs> so if i do need recommendations we got them um but it was just it was a really cool experience but it was it was not easy. You know, anytime you're married to someone who's in the public eye and is being publicly scrutinized, um, it's not, it's not always fun.
0: Yeah. It's, it's mining your P's and Q's, dotting your I's, crossing your T's. And, and, and I know that you mentioned that you didn't eat in your house for about a year and a half. And I think people think that you're exaggerating, but you're not. It's, you you know, you might have actually eaten in your house once or twice, but, eating out for an entire year and a half, I mean, you are literally traveling, you're on the road. And you did this during COVID. So the kids were what online school the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's, it's an added expense to the whole political campaigning piece, you know, mm-hmm. because you want to get out there with the people, you want to meet the people, you want them to know who you are as a person. And Doing so, you're getting hotels or, you know, and you're buying food out and you're paying for fuel and whatever else comes with that. You know, oh, we forgot our sweatshirts this time and we need sweatshirts. (laughs) So now I got to go buy sweatshirts. (laughs) Yeah, You know, all all of the things that come with that. I don't think people realize that campaigning is such a big expense. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And you're right. You have to do it a year, two years in advance of when you're going to actually run. Mm-hmm. So when they see, like the president, for instance, they spend half of their four-year term being a president mm-hmm. and half of it campaigning yeah. for the next term, um, which is really hard because we need the president's full focus for you know for four years. Mm-hmm. But the campaigning is a very integral part of, you know, becoming president Mm -hmm. or becoming a senator or becoming a mayor and I think the the smaller platform that you are on like city council or mayor and Mm -hmm. then the smaller city you are on you don't have to have as big of a runway for sure right yeah Yeah, those kinds of things Mm -hmm. but the higher you go up there it's It's expensive. It's a lot.
1: And it's expensive. And I think that that's kind of the challenge, too, is like we want sometimes we get frustrated by who our candidates are, because sometimes it seems like they happen to be like, you know, older, wealthy individuals. Well, that's because to your point, it is expensive, Mm -hmm. you know, to run for office. And it's not easy. It's not easy to get time off to go, you know, drive around the state and meet people. Um, You know, it's not easy to have the amount of money to be able to go stay in a hotel room night after night. And you have to be able to either raise the money or fund it yourself and neither of those things are easy and so I think that's kind of a barrier for a lot of people to run for office is that a lot of times you find that people want to and they're passionate but their day jobs just don't allow for it and it would be really lovely if we could find a way to make it easier for ordinary people To get involved, um, you know, I think we'd probably have better overall representation of, like, what the the citizens actually look like and who they actually are um, than if, you know, we're just allowing people who are able to take, you know, several months off work or, you know, who own their own businesses and are at a place in their business where they no longer need to be around, those kind of things. um, You know, I think it would definitely be our country would be in a different place. I think so too.
0: Yeah, and 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 you look at being in politics and you don't make a lot of money with it. And the <laughs> higher level you go, the more time suck it is. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are very frustrated with politicians bringing in money to help support them financially mm-hmm. as well as, you know, getting their point across. So it very much is a, a realm where People get what they want, big pharma, whatever, gets what they want because they're paying essentially the salary or bridging the gap between you know what they're making as this politician and not mm-hmm. being able to work because they have to fill this role and they have to bring money in and they're bringing money in from people who can't afford them. And then now it's like, OK, now I owe you something. Yeah. I owe you a favor, yeah. which is a catch-22 and it makes for really dirty politics, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's really hard.
1: Um, You know, you don't want people being politicians for the money. But in order to get quality people, you do need to pay them. Like, for example, you know, if Stan had become governor, he would have been taking a pay cut to yeah. be governor from his day job. And so, you know, that's that's one of the most important jobs in our state. Yeah. And again, I don't think that, you know, we should have people running for governor just for the money, but we do need to make sure that we are, we are paying so that, you know, we can get quality people in there. And again, so we can get normal people in there who really do care and not, you know, people that just happen to have, um, you know, the funds on their own to be able to do that.
0: Right. Well, there's something to be said about, a public servant is a public servant, right? How can mm-hmm. they be a public servant if they're getting money from other places? Mm-hmm. Well, they I believe they can be a public servant if they're getting money from the public, mm-hmm. you know, like being paid a livable wage or livable salary in order to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just, just like when you're looking for a quality candidate, when you're hiring somebody for a job, you know, if you pay minimum wage wage, prices you're going to get somebody with a minimum wage experience Mm -hmm. who is applying you're not going to get a highly qualified person to apply until you start paying a highly qualified wage and so they have to make it up somehow and as much as people want to squawk about it and get really upset about the fact that um politicians could essentially walk around like NASCAR drivers, mm-hmm. right, with mm-hmm. logos all over them. <laughs> as much as people are frustrated with that, you're, you're right. You know, going to be governor, he would have taken a pay cut. And what does that mean for your family? Right. And with him traveling as much as he does, he is truly doing it because he feels that it's the right thing to do and not for the money, Right. which is great, but it's also a catch-22 because, like you said, you're only getting people who can financially afford to run for these positions and you know not everybody can mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah
1: well and it's funny too because uh so many people don't realize how little most politicians are paid like a lot of you know city councilors, mayors there are a lot of politicians in oregon who don't get paid anything, mm-hmm. who have volunteer positions. And it takes a lot of work. Even if you're in, you know, something that seems like a smaller position in a smaller community, it is still a lot of work. It is still a volunteer position. Um, and so I think that a lot of people don't always realize that. And they do think sometimes that, you know, all these government officials and politicians are, you know, getting all this money and they're getting rich off of the off of the people. And, right they're not usually getting rich off the people. It's usually other things that, to your point, they're having to do in order to you know, support their families and bring in money
0: that they're doing. It's, it's not what they're actually getting paid because there's actually a lot of people that don't get paid or don't get paid much at all. Right, so. right. And a lot of them, the ones that are truly um, mindful of where their money comes from, might not accept money from certain people or certain groups because they don't align that way. Mm-hmm. And that's really the politicians that we want. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the city council in Gresham, The city councilors have to know a lot. You know, they have binders and binders of binders of Mm -hmm. different items that they have to know and learn, um, which means that they have to bring experts in who, while they're on – while they're doing their city council meeting, are educating them on different aspects like the city attorney, Mm -hmm. right? The city attorney sits there every single time, and they often reference to him – Tell me about the things because they can't possibly know everything. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a it's a four year term. And so they can't possibly know everything. Um, And so they know just enough to be able to have a voice for what they feel is right for the people in the city. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I I don't know. Do you know how much a city councilor in Gresham makes? I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's a lot either. I feel as like it's like twenty thousand, twenty maybe. maybe. Yeah, it's not maybe much. less. Yeah. How well? How much? How much does Stan get paid as the mayor of Sandy? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, so okay. it's a volunteer. Yeah, it's a volunteer, it's a volunteer position. position. Yeah, and it's a big job. Mm-hmm. You know, you're um, a mayor of a city of how many people? Oh gosh, I think we're around like thirteen, fourteen thousand, maybe. Somewhere. Yeah. And but there's, you know, it's a it's a big tourist area, Mm -hmm. a lot of drive through traffic. It's always busy. Um, I mean, you've got major thoroughfares coming through. There's a lot of things that you have to know as the mayor of the city in order to make the right decisions for your city Mm -hmm. and um, to not bring in an income. Now, all of a sudden, your focus is not 100 percent the city. Right. Your focus is. Your income, providing for your family. And unfortunately, your position as a politician has to come second, Mm -hmm. which sucks because you want to be in there for the people. I I know Stan. He he, he wants to be there for the people. He wants to fight for the people, right? Whether people agree or not with his politics, he's doing what he feels right for the people that are his constituents. And when it's a volunteer role, it's really hard to put a hundred percent into it, yeah, really hard. and yeah. it takes the right person who is funded elsewhere, which back to your point, those people who run for political office don't necessarily represent the demographics of their surrounding areas, yeah. Definitely. Well, it's funny, too, because people always
1: think, especially, like, kids that go to school with their kids, they're like, your family must be rich because your dad's the mayor. And he raises all this money and, like, runs for office. And a lot of people don't realize that, like, the campaign funds, you can't use those to pay your mortgage or, like, you know, pay your car and things like that. Those are campaign expenses. And so a lot of people think, oh, you know, you you have all this money because you're out raising this money. It's like, no, no, like, that's for the campaign things. We still have to make our own money to pay our bills, those kind of things. And so it's just funny the way some people look at it is that, you know, Mm -hmm. again, politicians must be rich. It's like, no,
0: no, no. Well, and I I feel like people don't – people, when I say people, like in general, right, Um, they talk about politics and government in middle school and high school. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's boring. You don't pay attention to it. Yeah. I wish that they would make it a little bit more exciting. I wish that they would explain it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would have brought us to city council meetings and kind of explain some things. Because mm-hmm. I'm just recently, like within the last four years, getting into politics locally. And before that, I didn't understand how it all worked. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of chess playing in politics, yep. and when you get into it, it feels very vindictive sometimes. You know, people are out for themselves a lot of times, um, and their the amount of the money they bring in from different organizations. If you look at the different money that they're bringing in, you'll say, "Oh, this is how this person's going to vote on things." Like mm-hmm. it's very clear how that's going to happen. And I think if they taught it to us in high school as the game that it is, I think we would be more involved. Mm -hmm. And I think we would listen more. I think there's a a select few high schoolers and college students who are really excited and really involved in politics, but it's very few. Um, But just getting into it the last four or so years, I've learned a significant amount. And it's interesting because I'll sit next to people who know more than I do while at a city council meeting, and I'll nudge them and go, ah, what's going on? Mm -hmm. I I don't understand (laughs) anything. And they'll explain it to you, and they'll say, oh, this person did this thing so that X, Y, and Z has to happen, and they're doing it because if they didn't do it, this item wouldn't technically go on record, you know, publicly. Mm -hmm. So they say the name of it during a council meeting. So now it's on record publicly, and they've pulled it out. So now that people can now people can come and do public testimony. You know, there's 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 a strategy to it, and oh, it is, totally is it is crazy. And um, you have to have the right kind of mind. And um, one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on here today is you live in that world, right? Mm-hmm. As far as I mean. You can't get any more deep into politics if if you're not a politician than <laughs> right sleeping with the mayor mm-hmm. of Sandy yep. right so so in that um, you do a lot of marketing for politicians mm-hmm. and and uh, you know colors like what colors do you choose I know there's um, some colors that I walk around or walk around I drive around I don't really walk around um, and see different signs of politicians when they're campaigning and mm-hmm. I'm thinking those colors suck because I can't see them, <laughs> or that font is shit because I can't read it driving by at 30 miles an hour, mm-hmm. um, or that sign's too small. I mean, there's a lot that goes into these little things, the sign waving, the cold calling for money, having events, pizza parties, what have you, and on the camp— Quote unquote campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Local politicians don't really go on a campaign trail. It's all locally, but smaller trail. Yeah, small, much smaller <laughs> house hopping. And what I've learned is that um, marketing for a campaign, if you can nail that down, you can easily translate it into making a business profitable. Mm -hmm. And you said that you have a few things that you specifically wanted to touch on. So I'm just going to shut up and just (laughs) – not really. I won't shut up. I'll probably interject a lot. But, you know, I'm going to – Yeah. For a moment. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, so when I, you know, graduated college, um, I kind of got roped into a job on a political campaign. And really it was just like I needed a job. There was a job. They were going to give me money to – to help with things, I was just like, "Okay, cool, great." And as I got into it, I was like, "I'm not really interested in in politics, and like policy is not my thing." Um, but when it came down to like campaigning, I really kind of got this bug because I was like, "This is just marketing. Like, this is just marketing. One person versus another person, and you're marketing the issues, and you're doing these things, and it's it's very similar." Um, one of the funny things is that, um, you know, with With politics, you have this very obvious goal, like, what's my goal? That's what a lot of business owners are like, gosh, what's my goal? I don't know. Yeah, they struggle. Yeah. And when you're in politics, you're like, the goal is to win the election. And sometimes it's a primary, sometimes it's a special election, sometimes it's a write-in, sometimes it's general. But like, it's like, we got to win the election. Mm -hmm. That usually means getting the most votes. So in your head, that seems fairly simple. But as a business owner, it can sometimes be like, well, I don't know what is my goal. But having that super clear goal really frames everything that you're going to do from there like if you don't have a clear goal you don't know what do I really want to do at the end of the day I want to sell more things I want to you know help business owners do xyz whatever that is if you don't have that goal then like what what are you
0: even doing right and so does that start with like the mission and vision statement so that you can really I mean it doesn't matter what size your business is you should have a mission and vision statement like and like people call it a north star right Exactly. And, you know, some people get really into it and they
1: have like, you know, they type it up on the computer and it's all beautiful and like they throw it on the wall and they're like, this is what we live by. But really, it's like, as long as you know in your head that this is the goal and everything drives towards this goal. Great. Like I said, you want to throw it up on the wall, go for it. You know, you want to tattooed on your arm like you do you whatever you need to do but that's the one thing that everything that you're doing really needs to kind of you know drive towards and again with politicians they know that everything they do goes towards making sure that they are going to win this election um, I think something else that's really important is you find that they're really into, you know, targeting is such a big deal. You know, mm, who, yes. are, who are we talking to? Is it soccer moms? Is it, you know, blue-collar plumbers? Is it baby boomers? And really in business, it's it's the same thing. And it's not always just one person. You know, sometimes you've got a couple targets. Mm-hmm. But really knowing, like, who am, I, who am I really doing this for? Like, I can't just sit here and say, hey, everyone, I'm selling – cookies because not everyone wants a cookie not everyone eats cookies for whatever reason so weirdos <laughs> well I don't, I don't know those people yeah, but I know no. there are people out there
0: <laughs> they, um, don't, they don't really exist
1: <laughs> but then you start getting really granular right and you're like well wait some people can only eat gluten-free cookies and some people can't have dairy and some people don't eat sugar and so you know it, it's cookies That so sure. it seems silly but at the end of the day it's like there's all these things and so figuring out Who are we talking to? What am I selling? Whose problem does that solve? Mm -hmm. What does that look
0: like? Like, who am I going to talk to? And should you get really, really specific in that? So for instance, um, if I have a cookie business, let's go with cookie Mm -hmm. business. If I have a cookie business, my ideal customer, so in my head, I'm thinking of a mom who has two kids and she makes a medium income and she doesn't have... She works a full-time job, so she doesn't have time to do her own uh, baking. She'd like to, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't have time for it. Mm -hmm. Um, She has, you know, a decent house, um, higher level than an entry level. Um, Should you get that specific? You know, she drives a minivan. Uh, You know, at least one of her kids is in a car seat. Should you drill down and get that specific? I think at the end of the day, you should drill down and get as specific as
1: possible. Now, that doesn't mean that... A dad's not going to buy cookies. That doesn't mean that, um, you know, uh, a single... 17 year old isn't going to buy cookies Mm -hmm. but really just focusing on who is that real target those other people will come along but really honing in on that target is really going to get you to the right people and it's really going to help you maximize your effort maximize your budget those things to really get to people who are most likely to buy your cookie like i said those other people will come along because they like cookies too but really targeting that 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 really tightly targeted group is really going to get you the best bang for your buck. And once you've got those people and they're hooked, you can always say, okay, let's expand to the next target. Like, who's who's the other group? Like, maybe it's sure. single guys who really like cookies because they don't even want to bake them cookies. Sure. So maybe we, we target them, you know, with something different. Um, but I think really honing in the better you can, the better you can get to know people, the more likely you can start predicting What are they going to do? Where are they? So I can figure out where I'm going to be marketing to them. How do I talk to them? Because you talk to a mom with two kids driving a minivan a little bit different than you would, you know, a single guy who may be living – you know, in someone's basement. Sure.
0: And wants to grab some cookies on his way out to go hiking or whatever.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, you know, figuring out your targeting. And then once you've got your targeting figured out, um, really figuring out what's the message. Mm -hmm. And you'll find a lot of times, and I feel like political candidates can be really good at this, but also really They've bad. They've got a great team behind <laughs> them, though. Well, that helps, too. <laughs> that helps, too. But then figuring out, OK, so I figured out my target. Yeah. But well, what am I going to say to them? Like, what did they care about? Because at the end of the day, we, you know, as a political candidate and as a business, you know what you care about. And sure. you think you know what your target cares about, but do you really?
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: one of the great things that a lot of politicians do is they do polling, and polling, you know, whether it's done over the phone, whether it's done through text, whether it's done in person, depends on the size of your budget. But going out and just asking people, what do you care about? You know, when I, when I tell you about these two issues, which one do you care about more? It's really just getting a good idea of, okay – What do people in different demographic groups care about? Mm -hmm. If we educate them on an issue, does that change how they feel about the issue? Really gives you a lot of insight into people so you know what to talk about, how to talk about, what to avoid talking about, who to talk to about what. And so obviously for a lot of businesses, doing a poll is not financially feasible because you're talking about, you know, five to $20,000 dollars. But you can do easy things like you can go on social media and be like, hey, guys, do you like chocolate chip cookies or do you like oatmeal cookies? Or you can use things like SurveyMonkey to go in and do a survey of your email list. Um, You know, there's a lot of different ways to get at the information. Um, And so I think that's super important because all of a sudden you might find that like soccer moms may say – hey, I I like to go buy cookies for myself. I don't actually like buying cookies for my kids because it gets them hopped up on sugar and then they drive me nuts. And sure. then all of a sudden okay. you're like, oh, okay. All right. Cool. Now, now I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to you about your kids. Sure. So I think those kind of things can be really insightful. You can learn so many things. Sometimes you'll find that you're right on track and that's mm-hmm. good to know. But sometimes you'll find that you're like, I was so off base <laughs> and I would have yeah. wasted so much time and money if I had gone this direction when now I need to be going this direction. So right. I think that's one thing that's like super valuable is always asking those questions getting to the bottom of things and for business owners, I think it can be really informal. It does not have to be a scientific poll. Mm-hmm. You know, you can talk to as your every customer comes in and you're asking them or you're like, hey, I noticed that like all of these, um, you know, single dudes are coming in and they're looking for a certain kind of cookie and be like, Why why are you guys all looking for the certain kind of cookie? And to your point, maybe they want cookies before they go hiking. So they want something with protein or I don't know. What, but yeah. but paying attention to trends, mm-hmm. asking questions and kind of getting to the bottom of that because Sometimes we think we know our target, but we don't always know them as well as we think
0: we do. And I think that's really important um, Like when you're looking at social media, right? You're looking at your demographics. I was really surprised to find out, and I shouldn't have been surprised about this because I am that demographic, but looking at my first podcast episode that was released, the majority of the people that listened were between the ages of 40 and 60 female. Mm -hmm. By far the most number of people, which makes sense because that is me, And I'm going to attract (laughs) certain demographic. You're going to attract
1: you, yeah. Right, and if I had a
0: co-host, that might be split, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Depending on who the co-host is. And so I think you can look on social media and kind of see, okay, who is following me here? Do I want to continue to bring them along, or do I want to branch out and bring in this other demographic or this other ideal customer? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the answer is yes. Right, mm-hmm. because ultimately, at the end of the day, you want people to buy from you. Yep. And so, yes, cater to the people who have been loyal, who have constantly been following you, who continuously buy cookies from you. But also try to bring in those other people too. Mm-hmm. But be careful; you don't want to alienate the people who have been around forever. Yep. So you don't want to change things. Mm-hmm. You just want to market kind of differently. Yeah. You know, stay true to your roots, but Mm -hmm. market a little bit differently. And I have found that if you stay true and authentic, which is what I'm really trying to do on this podcast, Mm -hmm. if you stay true and authentic, your people will find you. Yeah, definitely. And and the people you don't vibe with will see themselves out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: I think something else really cool that People do in politics is that you know you're always testing the message, and a lot of times they do this through polling or you know they do it through focus groups. Again, with a business, you don't have to be that formal, Um, but don't just you know find one message and like set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, doing things like doing testing on your social media ads, your digital ads, testing the messaging to see what resonates. Because again, you may think that you know your target, and you may say hey, chocolate chip cookies are the best because chocolate's the best. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you may find out that, no, they, they think the dough is the best. It's not the chocolate. And right. so, again, testing your messages um, can really help you be the most efficient, again, with your efforts and your ad dollars instead of just throwing one message out there and saying, OK, I did the thing. Like, I'm done. I can move mm-hmm. on to my next task. You got to kind of remember that, like, there's so many different ways to say the same thing that let's let's make sure that we're saying it the right way that resonates with people kind of goes back to what you were saying is like how do i say things in a way that you know maybe entices new people in Mm -hmm. but also stays really authentic and true to those core people that you're trying to
0: attract right i think um as we're we're talking about cookies and i'm hungry for cookies (laughs) and i might have to call my teenage daughter to go get me some uh but one thing that i think um so there's a company called Crumble Cookie. Yep. Have you oh, yeah. had the pleasure? Oh, I've had I've had the crumble. Oh, Too many my crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> so they have what's funny is my daughter and her friends love to go get crumble. Mm-hmm. And where they're really hitting the nail on the head is playing on people's FOMO. hmm So I don't know if people who are listening know about crumble cookie, but they have, I think it's six flavors Mm -hmm. and they always just have six flavors. They have two that stay consistent, chocolate chip cookie and a frosted sugar cookie. Mm -hmm. And then every week, every week, they have four flavors that change. And so you can go on there every single week and they don't don't bring back any of the flavors for months. Mm -hmm. So if you find one that you really like, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone next week. Yep. It's, bye. Mm-hmm. See you later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they really do that well because right now in an age and a time of instant gratification with social media and just um, – so I shipped something to China the other day. I was returning something. I was like, oh, well, when, when will it get there? And she's like, oh, it'll probably get there in about four days. What? Mm-hmm. Like it's going to China. Right. Um, and it doesn't feel like it would – Go that quickly. Yeah. But in this day and age of things that have to happen fast, things are happening fast. Mm-hmm. So if you don't jump on it, you'll miss out. And Crumble Cookie is the corner of the market for that. Mm-hmm. They are kicking ass with, with just that marketing plan. And you yeah. go on their website and it will say, see the cookies of the week. And they're really good at updating their website. And it really puts in that FOMO. hmm Really bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny. There's a
1: bakery in Sandy that's very similar as they have a weekly menu. And it's always changing. And I see, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to try that flavor. Mm -hmm. And then I don't get in there. And then the next week, the flavor's gone. I'm like, oh, I'm so annoyed. I'm like, I miss the flavor. And I think sometimes, you know, that's such a great way to create demand, Mm -hmm. you know, do I need a crumble cookie? No, No. but they have red velvet this week and I love red velvet. So I better go get it or they're going to get rid of it. Right. Um, so I do think, you know, there's a lot of those things, you know, within marketing ways to kind of manufacture this demand that, you know, people may not need something, Mm -hmm. but making sure that they want it. And I feel like social media and Instagram especially has done like a really good job of that. It's like, If you've got this beautiful location that's got this Instagrammable wall or something, um, a lot of people want to go and they want to take the picture in front of the beautiful wall and post it because all their friends are doing Mm -hmm. it. Um, Like I always feel – margarita factory here in downtown gresham they have these beautiful like plant walls with the neon lights Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my gosh i always see people taking their photos there and i have major fomo because i'm like i want to go and not only do i want to take my picture in front of that then i want to get some great mexican food and a margarita because i mean because
0: why not because why not i know there's there's a car dealership in gresham and i'm trying to get them to they have this really great blank wall and i'm trying to get them to paint it really cool insta-worthy so people take selfies in front of it but it also would be a really good opportunity to park that brand new car that somebody purchased with their you know and they could take their photo Mm -hmm. and you could put it up on social media and then the wall just becomes iconic Mm -hmm. you know and it could be like a focused on Gresham wall not just about the car dealership Mm -hmm. or not even just about the cars but People would travel there just to take a picture in front of it like yeah. they do in front of the walls that have the wings, yep. you know, or mm-hmm. the, the the city name walls that they have that are all 3D and yeah. have integrated pieces of the city. And, yeah. and I, think, I think if you could bring that in your business, if you can afford to have a wall painted at mm-hmm. your business or something that is Insta-worthy, people will go out of their way to yep. take that photo. Yep. Well, and
1: sometimes, you know, that's, if you can do that, I th- I think that's a huge opportunity. But sometimes it's even things as simple as like, um, you see realtors or title officers or mortgage lenders and they take a picture with the client with like a giant key that has their name on it mm-hmm. or it's a house that's actually a frame or, you know, something that even is just something that you take their photo, you post it of the people, you can tag them, they'll want to tag themselves, they're so excited, they just got their new house. Finding ways to integrate social media into that strategy. And some people feel really awkward. They don't want their pictures to be taken. They don't want to show up in their social media. And I totally get it because I am 100% the same way. But it's one of those things that I feel like really – kind of pushing those boundaries. And I think that's what happens in politics a lot of times, pushing those boundaries. Like, where can I go and take an iconic picture to make sure everybody knows that I was in Grants Pass? Like, where's the Instagrammable moment in Grants Pass? Right. So even if you didn't see me in Grants Pass, you're like, oh, wow, that person was just in Grants Pass. That's great. They came to visit us. And so I think finding those things, whether it's a giant key, whether it's a beautiful wall mural, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is, I think finding those moments can really make for really – authentic situations on social media that people yes. can appreciate. And, you know, it may not be the most beautiful Instagram picture to just have be standing there with two of your clients and a giant key. It can mm-hmm. feel really silly. But it's something that just shows that these everyday people are buying houses. It shows that you're helping. Everyone's happy. They're so excited. They're getting their new house. And so sometimes it doesn't even have to be. The big beautiful Instagram sure. thing. Sometimes yeah. it can be really simple. Now I'm a sucker for the big beautiful Instagram <laughs> thing. Okay? We all are. That's <laughs> why it works. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of opportunities. You know, going back to crumble cookie, if you look up the crumble cookie hashtag, you'll see thousands and thousands of cookies. And the next thing you know, you want a cookie. And so finding those things that get people you know, to post, get people to show up, Mm -hmm. get people to tag you, to hashtag you, all those things is just such a huge part of being on social media and not just being like, well, I I have this business that social media doesn't make sense for, so I'm just not going to post anything. I think it works for everyone. You've just got to figure out how to make it work.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So those are kind of my key lessons from politics. I'm sure there's so much more. um, But I think one of the things that you said that actually really rings true is just that whole being authentic, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not trying to be something you're not like if you're not crumble cookie. Don't try to be crumble cookie. Try to be your own thing. That's really cool and unique, right? Um, and just finding what that is, you know, staying true to your goal, figuring out who your target is, focusing on that message, and really, that's kind of the basis of marketing. And from there, you figure out the channels and all those things. But you know,
0: really, that's sure that's the key. When I think if people remember that there are enough clients to go around Mm -hmm. you know i mean i you know i i go to networking groups and at every single networking group you are guaranteed to find a realtor an insurance person a banker you know one of each Mm -hmm. of those categories Mm -hmm. um And there is enough business to go around. I mean, everybody knows somebody who sells insurance. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows somebody who's in real estate, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody knows somebody that works at a bank, you know, and and everybody knows these people, but they all still need business. Mm -hmm. And there's billions of people on this planet who need them for their skills. Mm -hmm. And I think if people stop cannibalizing each other – and start just working together Mm -hmm. because my client might not be right for you, but they're right for me and vice versa, right? right? We attract Mm -hmm. who we attract. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's always business to go around. And if you're suffering in your business because you're not finding that person to come to you, Mm -hmm. you gotta reset, look on the inside, and then look at all of your um, marketing, look at your operations, What is happening? Why don't you have those customers coming Mm -hmm. in versus this other person that's bringing them in seemingly Mm -hmm. all the time? And maybe that is trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? You, You look at social media and everybody just shares the good stuff. Nobody shares negative things for the most part. And so when you look at a realtor who says, oh my God, I just had my fifth closing this month and it's day five of the month. And you're like, holy shit, I don't even have a house for sale. You know, I mean, who knows if that person is saying true things, you know, that might be their marketing Mm -hmm. or maybe they are. And maybe what you can do is bring them out for coffee and see what the heck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, let me learn from you. Yeah. You know, that it's okay to ask people that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's so much that you can learn from that too, because maybe that person who's a realtor in the same area you are, maybe they're going after, people, you know, with homes five hundred thousand dollars and above. Well, then maybe you take a look and say, okay, well if you're gonna go after these people, what if I go after the people with homes of five hundred thousand dollars to three hundred thousand dollars? You know, maybe you're not gonna make as much, whatever. But at the end of the day, again, you know, if this person has this target over here and you're competing against them, Mm -hmm. why are you competing for the same target? Like reevaluate your target. Find sure. a different way to speak to them maybe. Maybe this person is over here talking to these people in this way. Well, if you talk in this way, you may still get some you may still get some people in that same target, but they're the people that are turned off by that person. Mm-hmm. But maybe they'll be turned on by whatever your message is. Right. So I think, you know, not being afraid to to talk to your competitors and analyze what they're doing. You don't really want to copy what they're doing because then, again, you're just going to cannibalize
0: on it and that's not helping you. Do not copy your competitors. (laughs) Do not. Yeah,
1: find a way to be unique and different. And maybe take nuggets of what they're doing Mm -hmm. and borrow some things if you think they're really great and you can do them kind of in a different way. Right, make them your own. Yeah. Um, But I think that we all get really into our heads about competition and to your point, social media sometimes I hate social media for that reason because it is – it's a highlight reel. Yes. And you can get so jaded by going on there and seeing – everyone else is doing amazing and I had a really crummy day and I'm like I'm failing and as a business owner as a politician you know you can have all those same feelings even as like a mom I feel that all the time when I see moms who are like making these beautiful bento lunch boxes and like I throw some chips and some gushers and like a croissant into a bag and say here you go kids have a good day
0: yeah
1: um you know here's all your here's all the carbs (laughs) it's just kind of like you know there's so much comparison and nobody posts the bad stuff and I think that's fine because honestly I don't think I want to go on and read a bunch of people's depressing stuff either because I have my own baggage but I do think it's just important to remember that and remember that you know you may not be in the same place as a business owner Mm -hmm. they may have suffered for five years like scraping and clawing to get where they are and you're a year into your business and you never know what's going on Mm -hmm. and so I think it's something that's super important to remember and just finding ways to you know learn from people and partner with people you sometimes you partner with people you become even more successful than you would have been working on your own sure and so I I think it's really hard sometimes because we all want to do it ourselves and we want to you know you feel like I want to keep all the money for myself I don't want to split the money with somebody else but sometimes you're going to make twice as much money working with someone and then you're making the same amount sure so I feel like that's that's super important and you know through networking I feel like you kind of gradually learn that and you kind of find a tribe of people that are like-minded and that you can Mm -hmm. work with and then there's the people that you're just like they're not my people i'm not gonna work with them they don't really work the same way and that's fine too um but i think just being willing to be open-minded
0: about that stuff is super important being aware of your own values um is very important Mm because not every networking group is for you and maybe networking is not for you Mm -hmm. i know plenty of people who are introverts who die if they have to go network and so yeah yeah they're like no thank you um not my thing and so they do other things in order to get business Mm -hmm. right so they do things more behind the scenes behind the counter um which which is okay too you know and it it really depends on you and your style and how you want to market yourself just like a politician Mm -hmm. you know one politician Just because they're a Republican or Democrat and you identify as a Republican or Democrat doesn't necessarily mean that you want to vote for that particular Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you feel like it's the lesser of two evils, which unfortunately more often we're getting that, Mm -hmm. um, which is hard um, and very difficult. But um, they attract who they attract. You know, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you try to put on a certain persona, especially politicians, Mm -hmm. um, when they're in the limelight because they want to get the most number of votes. And so they're casting this wide net. Yes, sure, they have targeted audiences, but their net's real wide Mm -hmm. because they have to get 51% of the vote. Yep. And so in order to get voted in, you have to get 51% of the vote. and. So, so your net's very wide. So mm-hmm. as, as a business owner, chances are your net's going to be much smaller. Um, but, you know, you're still going to attract who you're going to attract. Mm-hmm. And I think as a business owner, the more real you are, the people will come to you that you actually want to work with. Because mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times people have come to me and wanted to work with me. And we are just not vibing you know, and it gets to the point where in the interview process of getting ready to work, I'm like, you know what? I know someone who would be perfect for you. And you don't (laughs) want to, you don't want to be a dick about it. Right. You don't want to say, I don't like you. Um, but you know, say, you know what? I'm not sure I can offer the services. It looks like that you need, Mm -hmm. but I have a couple of people that I think you'll really like, and here's their information. If you want to give them a call, I think they'd They'd be an awesome fit for you, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of move on with your life. But I think as a business owner that's just starting off, you kind of feel like a bottom feeder mm-hmm. and you feel like you have to take all of the business in order just to feed yourself, mm-hmm. um, which is true-ish because the more that you throw back in the greater quality clients you'll receive mm-hmm. and the more loyal they'll be and they'll stick around with you longer. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a hard pill to swallow and it's really hard to say no to money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of goes back to, you know, knowing your target is, yeah, when
1: you're a new business owner or you just open a business, you're like, I want everybody, I want everything, I'll do whatever, you, like I'll do anything, whatever. Just right. you tell me and as long as you're willing to pay me for it. And I think you you learn real quick that, not every client's going to be a good fit mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you have different communication styles it may be that they have very unrealistic expectations it may be that they don't you know res- respect the level of work that you feel like you're doing mm-hmm. you know there's so many things that can just not be a good fit sure. and so I think that that's why it's so important to like remember okay yes in this early stage of my business, I I may have to take on all those clients and it may be really painful in some moments. But (laughs) as, as you continue to grow, the more of those clients you take on that are a bad fit means the less time you have to go out and find people that are a good fit. Mm -hmm. And so that's something, and I know you and I have talked about, you know, it's always hard finding time to market our business. Well, the more time you're spending on these clients that don't bring joy to your life is the less time you're able to spend marketing yourself and going out and finding people who really are going to feel almost like friends and family as clients. And that's what really kind of sparks joy as a business owner and that's why a lot of people go out on their own is because they're stuck in these work situations that feel toxic they don't love what they do they don't love who they work with and so you're like i'm gonna go start a business but then you find yourself working again with people who you don't always (laughs) love and so i think it's just this this thing you have to be really conscious of of Yes, right now I may be taking on clients who might not be the best fit, but I can't let that take away from the fact that I really need to hone in on these people, find out how to find them, and be willing to sometimes maybe let go of a client who pays really well in favor of finding maybe two other clients who maybe don't pay as well. It's definitely easier said than done. We've all got to eat and pay our mortgages and buy our kids the expensive tennis shoes they think they deserve. Right. (laughs) Um, But I think that's something that's just always super important to remember is like, Is the money really worth your own, like, personal joy and
0: mental health? (laughs) Right. There's a reason why you own your own business. Exactly. Right? It's easier to go work for somebody else. 100%. Because, you know.
1: income. Yes. Benefits, 401k, you know, paid time off. As a business owner, you're like, what's
0: paid time off? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I was just, my last guest that was on, um, he just got back from Disneyland. And I said, so, did you get to, you know. Not work the entire time, the entire week you were there? Did you have to work? And he owns his own business. He goes, I had to step away a couple of times and work. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, totally get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, bring the kids back for a nap and sit down and answer some emails and make some phone calls and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's um, it being a small business owner is not for the fate of heart. You know, getting to a point where you have to step away from your nine to five because your business is growing is a very difficult decision to make mm-hmm. because anyway way you slice it, it's a pay cut. 100%. Yeah. And, and then, it's a blessing, yes.
1: but it's it can be really difficult when you're in a season where you don't feel like you're 100% secure and you're like, what did I do? Right. It can be really hard to be like, oh, right, no, this is a blessing. Because I get to leave at 3 o'clock and go to my kid's sports event that I wouldn't have been able to do if mm-hmm. I was working a 9 to 5. Right. And so I think, too, you know, as a business owner, just like – Count your blessings Mm -hmm. because it can get really dark and really challenging sometimes. And I think that those things really bring you back to, like, this is why I'm doing this. I am awesome. Have those positive affirmations you say to yourself every day about how you kick ass. Yes. Because otherwise it can get – you can have moments that are just like,
0: oh, my gosh, I'm ruining my life by being a small business (laughs) owner. And get get out and engage with others that are small business owners. Yes. Um, I have found that – your friend group isn't necessarily the right place to vent, especially if none of them are small business owners. Mm-hmm. They, they just they they don't truly understand. They they try to sympathize with you, mm-hmm. um, but or empathize, but they don't truly get it. Mm-hmm. You know, As, um, and so surround yourself with other people who are like minded, who own their own businesses so that you can talk about things that are difficult or that you're struggling with mm-hmm. because they get it you don't have to be embarrassed saying i have 7 dollars in my bank account <laughs> i might not be able to pay my employees yeah i need help i need a suggestion what do you guys got mm-hmm. you know and they're like oh totally been there this is what you're going to do this week in order to earn this money so you can pay your employees mm-hmm. you might have to make that 7 dollars stretch a little bit further but let's get your employees paid, Yeah, you know? And so I think just surrounding yourself with like-minded people, business owners, they get it, mm-hmm. and they are open and willing to have those conversations with you and yep. find a mentor. Yes,
1: yes. Well, and I feel like, too, you know, as someone, like you mentioned, introverts who hate networking, that's me, and... <laughs> I feel like one of the things that some people don't always realize is that sometimes networking is about finding business. But sometimes networking is about finding, like, a tribe of people, like you said, that you can be real with and you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. And I think that sometimes people go into networking to just be like, who can I get business off of? Like, what's in it for me? And Mm -hmm. sometimes – You're going to go in and you're going to find people who you may not necessarily have talked to before. You may not necessarily have been friends with before, but all of a sudden you guys find yourself in a very similar situation from a business standpoint and you can have those kind of real conversations or you can say, hey, you got this. Like it's a hard week. Totally get it. Sometimes it sucks. You lost a client. I'm so sorry. Let's go get a drink, but you're going to be fine. Like you're going to pick yourself up. You're going to go do these things next week. You're going to get two more clients and you are going to be perfectly fine. Right. And to your point, you know, your normal friends can't always do that. But sometimes you'll find people at networking events that are, are those people that you need in order to help you, like, maintain mental health and yes. buy you drinks
0: when you're a business owner. Yes. And it's 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 very important to yeah. surround yourself with those people. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Yep. And to get out of your business. Yes. Don't forget
1: to take breaks. Mm -hmm. Especially if you work at home, get out of the house. And it's hard because you like being in your comfy clothes. You like being Mm -hmm. like with all your things. But I find, and as an introvert, I'm horrible at it. But on those days when I go out and I have to do something, whether it's a meeting Mm -hmm. or I have to go take photos for a client – I just – I always feel better those days because I get out of the house. And so even if it's going and working at a coffee shop for 30 minutes, getting out of the house can really help and makes you appreciate it, like, when you're back and you're in your Mm -hmm. comfy clothes. But, like, if you're just in your house all day every day, it can start to feel like the walls are closing in a little bit.
0: Or like you need a nap. Yeah. Yeah. You look at your bed a couple of times, you're like, oh, that, well, that thing looks real nice right now. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I'm just
1: going to sit here with my laptop for a little while and work. And the next thing you know, you're like, yeah, you're like, with your
0: laptop and your mom. and do, So <laughs> do you and your husband both work from, from home? Mm-hmm. Do you, you guys, okay. So my husband works outside of the house and I feel guilty when he comes home and I'm like sitting on the couch working, but on my laptop with like a cozy blanket. In my PJs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still working, but yeah. I feel guilty because I'm so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just was working in a machine shop and he's coming oh, home. Gosh. You know, I mean, hard working, <laughs> And so I make it a point to get up in the morning, take a shower, put on real clothes, quote unquote, go to work, mm-hmm. and then um, work typical hours. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever those are for me that day. Mm-hmm. And then... If I decide that I'm going to go sit on the couch and be comfy because my brain is about to explode with all the things that I'm into and doing, um, I try to be off of the couch by the time he gets home Mm -hmm. because I feel like, and he's never said this, but I feel like at some point your spouse looks at you and kind of resents the fact that you just get to sit at home all day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm working my ass off. But they don't see it. They don't see the things, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so I I make it a point to get ready and go to work. And if I do need those breaks, you're right, leave. And I I really enjoy when people say – hey, can we meet? And they don't say over Zoom or a phone call. They're like, hey, let's do coffee. I'm like, uh, yes, please. Yes, Yeah. 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 Like, you
1: name it. I'll be there. Let me know. Yeah. Yes. um, You know, when, when Stan worked in an office, I, I had that same thing. Like, I always felt guilty when, like, he'd come home from work and, like, I'd be sitting, you know, on the couch or whatever. You know, I'd still be working. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's funny about What I do, and you know what you do, is a lot of my work is done from the phone. Like I, I I schedule a whole lot of social media from the phone because it's just easier than doing it on my computer. And so a lot of times it looks like I'm just sitting there on my phone, playing my phone, working. I promise. (laughs) Or like my kids will come home from school, and they know that you know mom usually works until about five. And they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, you're just on your phone. And then they come and, you know, they, they lay on my bed because my desk is in my, my room. They come in, they lay on the bed, they're playing with the dogs and all over. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm working. They're like, no, you're not. You're on your phone. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> working, guys. Like, I promise. Yeah. And they're like, ugh, whatever, mom. And then they walk out and they're all annoyed at me. And I'm like, no, but guys, like, it, it doesn't look traditional all mm-hmm. the time. But I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely working. And now that Stan and I work together, you know, he really takes on this kind of business development role and so he's out and he's going to a lot of coffees and a lot of meetings and I'm at home and I'm doing the things and scheduling social and writing this and that which is your
0: comfort level right yeah but
1: sometimes it's funny because sometimes we look at each other and we'll be like Oh, well, I had to have, go out and have all these meetings today and all you had to do was be at home mm-hmm. while I was working. Or I'd be like, oh, well, you were out playing all day and having fun in meetings and I was stuck here yes. writing social media. And so I think sometimes even it's easy to like just not look at things the way that they are. It's easy to look at someone else and think they've got it better. You know, grass is greener on the other side.
0: I was just going to say the
1: same thing. And it's funny because in the two of us working the same business, but working it differently because we have different skill sets, it's very easy sometimes to have those moments. And you just have to be like, hold on, we are on the same team. (laughs) We are all working towards the same goal. Mm -hmm. Like, why do I care that he was out doing that today, which is me being at home doing this thing. And so it's just it's 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 very interesting being in business with your spouse because you're like we it it doesn't feel like you get away from work mm-hmm. because even when we're sitting on the couch watching TV, you'll be like, oh, did you do that thing today? Did you talk to that person you're supposed to talk about? Hey, can you read this? You know, we're yes. we're still always working. And so that's one thing that sometimes we try to be really intentional, but be like, OK, it's, turn it, it off it's the weekend. And we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about this and we're awful at it. And we usually are not very good. At maintaining that but at least we're we're realizing and we're trying um but yeah you just you kind of get used to just living it all the time
0: a mutual friend of ours does that really well he turns off his phone at like 3 p.m and he doesn't answer it so mondays he takes the day off and he Mm -hmm. does not answer his phone so if i'm emailing him about whatever I, will, I know I won't get a response on Monday or mm-hmm. after 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. And when you go and you text him, it says, do not disturb on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, I wish I had that kind of discipline. <laughs> yes, because I quite often, you know, we'll we'll be play, playing, watching. I don't play football, but I'll watch football. Watching Red Zone mm-hmm. on Sunday, yeah. um, the ADD network, and on my phone working. Yeah. Scheduling social media Mm -hmm. for my clients, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And I have to remind myself, be present with your family. Mm -hmm. Do that right now.
1: Yep. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the hard things about being able to do most of your work from your phone is it's so easy to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get a text from a client that's like, hey, here's a photo of this thing. Can you post it on social media? And you think, oh, yeah, I can do that. And you forget that you're sitting there watching a movie with your kids or you're at your kids' sporting event yeah. or whatever it is. And sometimes that can be a big challenge to be like, does this need to be done now? And, like, setting boundaries, Yes. Which I'm horrible at yes when I grow up I will have boundaries um but I think that's something that's really challenging for a business owner because you just you're in this mode where you're like I have to succeed yeah there's no option not to so that means I have to work all the time I have to be on it you know if a client says jump I got to do it right then even if they don't need it right then Mm -hmm. I still feel this like intense anxiety if I don't
0: just do it right away so that it's done right which I shouldn't but right Make my people pleaser in me. <laughs> so a question was brought up to me uh, last night. It was um, if you could manifest something, right? So we don't want to set an end goal to anything because there's always more room to grow mm-hmm. and go. Um, if you could set an affirmation to yourself that you could say daily, oh. that is a short one, that would get you to the point where you're like, this is what it's supposed to be. So not like I've made it, but this is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now what's next? What does oh that look? Like, what does that look like for the Pulliam family, or what does that look like for Mackenzie? Oh gosh, that's really
1: hard. I know,
0: and I think I thought of one when we were talking. Okay, so my you, you, for you my, go f- you okay. go
1: first, and then let me
0: think. <laughs> my first goal, and it's going to sound so silly to a lot of people. My first goal is to make enough money to afford a second cell phone that I just do social media for my clients on. Oh, that's so good so I can leave it behind. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, cuz when you're talking about cell phone, I was like, yeah, I have my cell phone, wouldn't it be cool if I had a second one so I didn't have to have it in my face? That's what I think that's what I want. I want and I think I should put a dollar amount to that, but mm-hmm. I want to make enough money to where I can have a separate cell phone that Is just my social media management cell phone.
1: Oh, gosh. That's so good.
0: You can't take mine. Damn it. (laughs) Um, Because I've tried it on a tablet, and we all know doing social media on a tablet. No. No. Why is it worse? I don't know.
1: I feel like – I hate it. I don't know. I just don't love tablets in general. I always feel like they should be really helpful, and then I get on there, and it's not a computer, and it's not a phone, and I'm just like, why do I have this? Yes. Anyways. um, Oh, gosh. You know this. This sounds so silly, um, but for me, you know, paying paying the family bills is great. Like that's that's the goal, right? We all want to pay the family sure. bills. that's 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 like baseline. Yeah. yeah, but I think something like some kind of like icing on the cake would make me feel like I'm really I made it, mm-hmm. or at least I, I I made it to the to to a level that I'd like to be at, and then I can set the next level. Sure, and so I think that would be like. Taking my family somewhere really cool, whether that's Hawaii or Disney World or I don't don't know where it is, Um, somewhere with like a beach and cocktails and lots of food. Um, (laughs) And lots of cocktails. (laughs) Lots of cocktails.
0: Do you have to bring the kids? Uh, Well, yes. Yes, because... (laughs) Okay, in this manifestation, you do. Yes,
1: because I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, with the pandemic and everything, you know, it's been a long time since we've been on a family vacation, Mm -hmm. and I feel like everything we do we always we we do everything as family which sounds so funny and like Stan and I have gone on like little mini vacations to Vegas or here but you know when you know he ran for office when he ran for governor it was it was a family affair and like our kids were in it and they were such troopers and you know, it just feels like even in our business, like they knew who our clients are. Mm-hmm. They'll go to us, to, you know, go with us to to eat out, you know, for our, at a client's restaurant or, you know, they'll go with us to take photos or if we need help with something, they'll help with something. And so it's kind of one of those like. I'd love to reward us as a family for all kind of taking this big leap and for our kids putting up with us, working in our room, having late night meetings, you know, all these different things. I think being able to reward our family with some, like, really cool trip, I think that would just, like, I think that would be it. I'd be like, okay,
0: I feel like I made it. I feel like I rewarded us. Like, I feel like I'm doing the thing. That type of trip that... You save up, you pay in a full before you get there, but yes. you're not worried about finances while you're on the trip. Yes. Maybe you're maybe not an nickel and dining. Yes. All right. inclusive. But sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's so so many times where we'll go on vacation and it's like, okay, we get there, it we've paid for everything, mm-hmm. right? The flights mm-hmm. and, and the hotel and all that has been paid for, um, but we're still... In the backs of our minds, nickel and diming things. Yes. So it's like, okay, well, we can't go on that shore excursion because it's a hundred dollars a person. Mm-hmm. So let's just walk to this beach thing, you know. And then I don't feel like it's a full, full on vacation experience, yes. right? Because we're always still. You still have anxiety. Subconsciously, yes, exactly. You're not relaxing. Worried about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: you're not relaxing and just having a good time. You're like, oh my gosh, I just spent $22 on a pina colada and it's delicious and I want another one, but I can't have another one because I can't spend another $22 on a pina colada. Yes, going on a vacation where you're just like, I'm going to drink all the pina coladas and then I'm going to have chips and salsa and then we're going to go on this excursion Yes, and then we're going to take a nap. Like, yes, just the carefree Mm -hmm. vacation. Where nobody has to worry about
0: a darn thing
1: except for getting sunburnt.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. a good goal. Yep. All right, so you got to manifest that. I know. I know. I got to make get it on. happen. And then I got to figure out where we're gonna go. Yes. That. Where, where's your what's uh, what, what's your goal timeline? What does that look like? Six months? Three I months? I
1: would say spring, just because I don't really want to go on vacation. Well, you know, it's – again, being in politics, it's kind of hard because you kind of have to work around the election. So it would probably be – the election's
0: 2025, right? February, March. Or okay. it may
1: have to wait until, like, May, June just because of, like, where, you know, the election falls. Um, but right. definitely, like, spring, summer next year. Yes. And then unplug yes. all the things. Yes. And okay. then next like, next, like, November, December, we'll have to mm-hmm. go on another vacation because it'll be after the election again and we'll need to get – <laughs>
0: Yes. And you'll need Carefree to get away. vacations.
1: That's the goal. I, th-
0: I feel like the second vacation is where you need to go is somewhere without cell phone service. Yes. So like even if it's just camping in Podunk, Oregon. Yes. Just get away. Or glamping. So I don't know what that is. I you was going to say, I'm a glamper. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I don't
1: want to sleep on the floor anymore. Oh, I'm too old for that. My back hurts. I yeah. mean, my back hurts when I sleep in a bed.
0: Yeah. No, I <laughs> totally get it. Yes. Yes. Well, you know what? I really appreciate you spending time and coming out here today. Of course. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I appreciate everybody who's listening to this nonsense. I know this particular episode was very informative, but usually we're a lot more nonsensical. (laughs) Um, Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, do all the things. Um, Share with your friends. Let them know that you're following this crazy lady who really has no direction. Um, And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you again. Thank you. You're welcome.